Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal. Develop high-quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super-fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com Hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Blues, it happens every night And I ain't never met a riverboat dealer That could ever be a friend of mine I have not Summer heat never treats me kind It leaves trouble on my mind So I'm bidding farewell Putting in my notice And I'll see you at another time This highway Does not know my name And I don't care No Heading my way for another place And I got three good tires and a spare Just a white line gypsy getting out of Mississippi With just enough gas to keep there Low Budget Live, not so live. It was a little jazzy little intro right there, huh? You bunch of low life and son of a guns. How are you, you low lifers? And if you're new to the program, to the program, as my grandma Duncan used to say, to the programs she watch. If you're new to the program, that's that's a song I wrote called Biloxi Blues. That is our intro music for low budget live, not so live. And sometimes, sometimes we do it live. And it's actually just low budget live. Three years ago, it started as low budget live. Yeah, almost three years. This August will be three years of this insanity. Me and uh, Darian, stupid Darian, Darian is fishing. We're talking about that this weekend. Almost three years. I was trying to figure that out on the last show, but it's been almost three years. And now we've got low lifers, and now we've got theme songs, and it's fun. And it's fun. Hope all of you are doing good out there. I am recording this Early on a Monday morning, because my guest today couldn't couldn't record when I normally do, and that's and that's fine. That's fine. I like to be accommodating, and I like to have the conversations I want to have. So uh, here we are, early Monday morning. So the upload probably seeing this a little later than you normally would, so I can get her all sent out to the interwebs. But thank y'all for being here. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. If you do watch on YouTube, make sure you hit that subscribe button if you like what you see or if you don't like it and you just want to be a a subscribing hater. I'm fine with that too. We welcome everybody to the Low Budget Live Bar and Grill. We do. We do. 
Everybody is welcome. So this is the last podcast you're going to hear or see before Father's Day. And I'm telling you right now that this is your friendly reminder for me that you better get your daddy something. Better get him, better get him some. And you know, all daddies they want that rod and reel. They want to. Uh, I shouldn't say all daddies, uh, but you know, get him, get him something cool. Your daddy has put up with you forever. Get him something nice. Don't get him socks. Don't get him some tie. Get him something nice. Get him something nice. Get him some crane baits. Get him, get him some chatterbait. Get him some jackhammer chatterbaits or something. No, no sponsor plug there, but you know, get at me, Z man. Get at me. We'll we'll talk about it on here. Get him some six cents crankbaits. Get him, get him some some rods and reels. Get him some. Get him a Garmin Pan Optics, some live scope. Get him something nice. Get your daddy something nice, uh, or just just grill him a good meal. Hug his neck. Just whatever. Make sure you spend it with your daddy this coming Sunday. So the next podcast you hear will be after Father's Day. So you were warned. You were warned for all y'all that are like me and you forget holidays and special days. Father's Day, man, don't forget it. It's coming up, coming up. And I had me one of them proud daddy moments this weekend. Uh, so th- there's a tournament, a bass tournament in my hometown. Shouldn't say in my hometown. It's actually out of my hometown, but it's a small lake. It's a, it's a really crazy deal. And... I don't even know how to describe this. So this lake is probably, it's probably a mile long or so. I don't know the exact acreage. It's small. It's narrow. It winds through this big valley. And it's in a campground, basically, essentially. Tons of people. And this tournament, my brother has fished for a very long time, and and a nice man puts it on. And they give away a lot of prizes and a lot of money. Guaranteed $1,000 first place. You know, there's not a lot of places you can go fish for that within 20 minutes of your house, you know, on a Saturday. Local tournaments, little fruit jars and things. I mean, that's a, that's a good little payday. Second place is like 800, third, 600. So, so it pays good money. This tournament, this lake is idle only. So it's no wake. And it, like I said, pretty dang small. I've never seen it until Saturday. Well, Hudson and I, my 12 year old, HLD, we decide to go go jump in this thing, and it starts at first light, you know, and $10 entry fee, man, $10 entry fee. But this lake is so tough, so tough. Uh, a few years ago, my brother and his partner, Andrew, did weigh in a 10-pounder, a 10-pound 11-ounce largemouth, as a matter of fact, and you see some 8-pounders weighed in, and it's 5-pounders, 6-pounders every now and then, but full of bambinos this long matter of fact tried to make a youtube video so many like tinies micros caught i didn't think it was anything anybody would want to watch so we didn't i didn't even edit it but that being said if you catch a keeping fish 12 inches long you win a hundred dollars guaranteed if you put one in the boat so i'm like how hard can that be right (laughs) well let me tell you (laughs) 50 teams Hudson and I uh, we ended up we caught one keeper at about 10 o'clock only keeping fish we caught now we caught 20 uh, probably between 10 and like 11 and three quarters of course but 
matter of fact, our first stop, we caught like five. And I thought, this is going to be easy. Not easy. There was never a time during the day that somebody wasn't throwing at your boat, talking to you. It was great. Everybody got along. No fights. Everybody's kind of in it together. It's really fun. But they, this is an entire tournament series. And uh, I was so proud Hudson hung with it all day because you're not running around. You're not going to check other spots when it gets hot. Like, you know, we cover the whole lot, uh, lake twice. My force trolling motor is so fast that I ended up, I'd just kick it up on high and it runs almost four miles an hour. <laughs> so I would just jet around everybody and go find a stretch where there wasn't anybody, which was hard to do. And instead of idling through everything, but, they, but you saw anything from, you know, uh, bass boats like mine to aluminum boats to there were even some kids out there, man, and um, and and little uh, flat bottoms with trolling motors. Really cool, really cool to see. It was kind of like where worlds collided because there was a lot of when you put that kind of money out there, there's a lot of guys that that show up that are competitive, super competitive. And uh, it only took five pounds when five fish are only one limit, five or five pounds. My brother ended up getting him a top 10. Winning him some money with just three keepers. So shout out to Blake and his partner Eric. They they uh, smashed them three keepers. It was so hard. It was so hard. And uh, the next one is in July, and I think Hudson and I are going to go back because Hudson uh, freaking won. We we won us a hundred bucks for ten dollars. So we were pumped right here at the house. Didn't burn any gas. We're good. It's a fun day. And uh, so Hudson got his first quote payday in a tournament. He was all jacked up about that. And then um, we. They have these door prizes. Hudson won a freaking brand new man lose reel that the tag on it was like three hundred bucks, <laughs> crazy. And then a Saint Croix rod. So he's like over the moon, man. He got him a rod and reel. You know, it's not dad stuff. It, he won that, so he's all jacked up. So I was so proud of him, though, man. He was he's right in the mix. He's loving tournaments, and and it's really he's starting to ask about like Bassmaster Junior tournament stuff, and uh, it's exciting. It's exciting. But what was even more exciting for me was the fact that he wanted to wake up. We had to be there. They have a gate on this place. You have to be there at a certain time. It's super early. And because the tournament starts the first light, you have to get out there, get signed up, get put in. It's a little single lane boat. It's chaos. Uh, ran, ran really well, but chaos. And we had to wake up. We I, I got up at like 3.30 in the morning, and I got Hudson up at like a quarter to four. And I can just tell you, that's early for anybody. Or late. In my music playing days, that was late. But uh, early, why do we get up so damn early for fish? <laughs> I don't know. I was thinking that driving to the lake. I was like, why do we do this? Rubbing my eyes, you know. Why do we do this? But then when the turn, when you get out there and it's all excitement, it's, it's fun. Everybody's idling around. Everybody's talking crap. and It's fun. You remember why you do it. But 3.30 in the morning, whew, that's just crazy because about 20 minutes from the house, I need to be there by like 4.30. So by the time we hook a boat up, yada, yada, you know the drill. You guys know the drill. You fish tournaments, y'all know the drill. You get all keyed up. And, uh, you know, when it's that early, the crazy thing is you go to grab your energy drink and grab some Startron. Guarantee it. Every single time. Every single time. I want to thank the fine folks at Starbright and Startron for bringing you and bringing me to the masses, bringing y'all low budget live, not so live for all these years now. StarTron will kick ethanol right in the teeth. Uh, if you're using that lawnmower, you get that bad gas in it, it ain't going to run. You better drop you some StarTron in there and kick that ethanol in the teeth, your weed eater, your chainsaw, a lot of that going on right now, especially out here at the Duncan House. There's a lot of that going on. 
A lot of grass cutting, a lot of weed eating. I got them boys on that weed eater, though. It's one thing I'm proud about being a daddy for is I can pass that fine tradition of holding that weed eater on. But Startron will take care of that. Starbright cleaning products, too. Been doing a lot of that around here. They got a mildew cleaner that is absolutely out of this world. What it'll do on boat seats. I know a lot of you, you know, out there, you might leave your boat in a slip pontoon boat or something you bass boat and it'll get a little mildewed up man i promise you that mildew cleaner will take it right off actually we've got a swimming pool out here money pit hate it hate the swimming pool triple threat loves it i hate it uh but anyways there's a diving board on it it was a little mildewed up after the winter a little star bright took care of it right there so thanks to those folks for uh, bringing you low budget live all right let's get to the goods let's get to the goods i'm going to text our guest for the day right now Let's see. Oop. Wrong text. You know, one word makes a big difference. When you say, I'll call in 10 versus I will call at 10. Big difference. Big difference. All right. So let's get to it. Fishing World was busy, man. So busy. Almost too busy because it's like, ah, that's why, for those of you that have been asking uh, why Boats and Pros did not come out last week, I was like, I'm not, I'm going to stay off of those those tournaments because there was so much going on and, you know, those are the folks that, you know, you all watch Boats and Pros and I'm sure you had time for it, but you got Major League Fishing down there in Florida, you got the Bassmaster you follow, you had all this live coverage. I was ADD trying to consume as much of it as I could. Watch my buddies, watch my friends. And uh, so, I, you know, we didn't drop it. But this week, this Thursday, Boats and Pros. But, but it was so crazy watching all of this. And uh, first up, that the Major League Fishing Tournament, which started like two weeks ago, I feel like, uh, because they're so freaking long with all the rounds and all the things and blah, blah, blah. Because um, it started on the last po- – I talked about it on the last podcast. So a week later, the tournament just, just wrapped up. But – Huge congrats to Jordan Lee, who is just freaking dumb at this point at what he wins. And, you know, I would just retire if I was that young and that amazing at it. I'd just be like, I'm going to try to conquer something else. Uh, dude is crazy. Out of this world. Absolutely out of this world. And uh, there there aren't many people like him in any sport, really. I mean, uh, he's one of those rare cases that's just got it to his freaking toes, man. He's got it, and uh, I have to say, you know, given my history with Major League Fishing, people like to say, you hate it. You always got to talk crap. The, the haters of this program, this fine program, uh, I actually enjoyed this event. This was um, – it was crazy uh, with the with the money on the line. I got to say, they, they really – they slapped some folks in the mouth about the mostly little fish stuff. To me, by putting such an emphasis on the big fish in this event, uh, twenty-five grand for the first qualifying group A's and B's, all the groups. Uh, Brent Brent Ayler won twenty-five grand for catching a giant, and I was happened to be watching. I didn't get to watch a ton of it, but uh, I happened to be watching when he caught that one. It was really cool. I'm begging, and then uh, Mark Rose caught a nine-pounder on a spinning rod. He won twenty-five grand from his little uh, group, and then. On the third day, when Jordan Lee just took it to him, took it to him uh, to qualify for the Sunday round or the whenever, the final day, um, 
Jordan had big bass for 50 grand up until the last little bit. And then Michael Neal, Michael Neal, little buddy Michael from over there in Dayton, Tennessee, Michael wins it by one ounce. $50,000 by one ounce. Now, here's the deal with that. For me, this is the first thing I told my wife. It's like, did you see what happened? Uh, I was like, check this out. I'm like, Michael, because Michael's a friend. Uh, I used to travel with Michael some on the FLW Terror. Thank the world of Michael. And thank the world of a lot of those guys. But Jordan Lee uh, is a good friend as well. But I was like, did you see? Because I just figured, hey, Jordan's got it locked up for Big Bass. Michael wins by freaking outs. And here's my only thing with that. Here's my only thing with that. When it's these scales in the boat, this has been my concern. This is when Bassmaster did, you know, when they do the Texas Toyota Fest, all that stuff. I said this is where, and and there's not any like, there's not any uh, like news about this, right? Like this is just me. What my personal feeling would be is you can't have a reway because it's just Michael and an official in the boat weighing the bass, and that's what the scales show, and that's what we write down, and that's what you, that's what it is, and. Man, that's a lot of money to be given away. And I've said that from the beginning with any of these kind of tournaments is way in the boat tournaments because like if Jordan's sitting over your shoulder and it pops up in your own stage and it pops up on the big screen like, yeah, it is what it is, or if something flops and trips like, you know, bass, hey, we're gonna reweigh that or whatever, you could redo the scale. I don't know, but we've seen instances this year where these scales were not on. Were not on. So I don't know. Congrats to Michael Neal on that. And, man, I know Jordan was probably like, holy crap. Because if it's three or four ounces, you're like, whatever. One ounce, man, I don't know. I would be uh, – that would make me want to throw up. Uh, but I'm just saying those are those instances are – that's pretty tight. That's pretty tight on the, uh, on the scales. And, you know, like I said, just one dude. Just one freaking dude uh, weighing them. So – and it's the same for everybody. But those are – 50 different sets of scales or whatever. I don't know. I've been riding around in boats. That I would not want to lose $50,000 that way. But, you know, fast forward to the next day, wasn't that big of a deal. Jordan won not only big fish, but won the tournament, won a cool 200 grand. <laughs> so they paid 100000 for big fish in that last round. And, uh, and I think I see why they're not having any more tournaments really this year because they gave away a lot of money in that one. <laughs> and it's hard to have entry fee-free tournaments for the rest of the year. That's why them boys is paying entry fees because <laughs> they gave away a lot of cash, and you can't just do that. Uh, so pretty cool event. And I want, another thing I'll say is Mark Rose, craziest fish catch ever, jumps in the water for one that's hung in the grass. And we've seen that several times this year, and I'm almost to the point like, is that a is that a requirement? Does everybody do we have to have a viral fish catch video? And I like it. Hey man, it might get on Sports Center. Might get you on ESPN too. Oh, that's right. Bass was on ESPN too already. Um, <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm just afraid somebody's gonna get hurt. I sound like my daddy, but uh, my headphones is falling off. Uh, falling down on my hat. I don't like that. I don't like that at all. Um, but I you know, swear to where do we then we do we start elbowing gators like gators got my frog bam I mean where does this go to try to get a viral clip but Mark Rose just straight up just went in 
and I've known Mark a while. It was very out of character. <laughs> he said, bloop. He was he was in, stripped the microphone off, and went down there and got that sucker. And it was a three-pound minimum, and it was a three-pounder. <laughs> so whatever. <laughs> it was wild. It was the wildest thing I've ever watched. So they got their wish there. He got his wish. And I don't know that Mark, I don't think he was calculating. I think he thought it was a really big fish, but uh, everybody got to have that viral clip now. Everybody got to have that viral clip. But it was uh, certainly something, man. If y'all haven't seen it, he just said, <laughs> and his boat official or whatever is like 10, 9, 8. It's counting down like how much time's left on the in the period or whatever. <laughs> it was really funny to me. But uh, how long until somebody gets hung up in some hydrilla and, and it turns into a whole other thing? I don't know. So there you go. Congratulations, Jordan Lee. Now, the Bass Masters, the Bass Masters were down on Eufaula in a slugfest. Slugfest. They smashed, of course. I think everybody in the world saw that one coming. But they definitely smashed. And uh, it was so cool to see it on ESPN2. It was so easy. It was so easy. And I found myself drifting to the couch <laughs> a little too much when it was on there. But the all the guys on there did a really great job from Zona and Ronnie and, and Such and Tommy to, and Davey to the anglers like Chris Saldane and and Matt Airy and, and all, all the guys. All the guys did a great job. But I felt like Zaldane and Polnick to me and Ari, it jumped out at me. Uh, they really explained our sport, and 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 the commentators did as well. Like they were talking to two different audiences, and I thought that was very cool. I thought that was very cool because I wondered how they would approach that. Because if I'm just clicking around, and I don't know, and there's all these guys wearing these fancy shirts and driving these big boats. I don't know what's going on. And they really did a great job of breaking it down for the fishing fan that knows what the heck a flutter spoon is and why in the heck you're sitting in the middle of the lake and then breaking it down for the for the common viewer that just happened upon it. So hopefully they turned some fans. I saw some funny tweets about it. Some people like, oh, wow, bass fishing on ESPN. You know, people don't know. They don't know, and, uh, and that's fine. But um, maybe they got some fans out of it. I sure hope so. Um, uh, some new fans I think it was cool But uh, congrats to Buddy Gross Who we're going to talk to uh, Scott Canterbury I called it right here Had a great term I really thought Scott would win And uh, Brandon Cobb So many guys had a good term Matt Airy Just uh, Drew Benton Drew Cook Lots of uh, lots of fun to watch there though, and it it was a uh, it was a good event. It was a really good event. A lot of big ones weighed in, and Eufaula is just back, and that's so good to see because it's such a, it's a heralded bass lake in our um, in our little world. And I've been there many times, and it sucked. <laughs> it's terrible, and now it's coming back around. It's good to see. It's good to see these lakes. You know, they do all kind of ebb and flow, and and it's good to see it back on a on a high spot. But uh, but ESPN2 for me was uh, was special. It was special. It was cool. And I'm not a big TV guy. I'm, I'm, I like watching the live streaming online, and I'm totally fine with that. But it was really cool. It was really cool to, uh, to have it on there. The one thing I will say, the one thing I will say that frustrated me, not with Bass but with ESPN, is following our coverage every day at the end – I say our, our sport, the Bassmaster coverage on ESPN2 Live, Cornhole Championships, Cornhole. I, I thought we were like bigger than King Kong, you know, in the sport. We're on ESPN2 Live. What? Live bass fishing coverage on ESPN2? 
the deuce, cornhole. Cornhole. The drunk game you play with your buddies throwing cornhole. Come on, ESPN. Back it up with, with the Michael Jordan documentary, something for the love of God. Cornhole. God, made us look silly. Made me feel dirty. Cornhole. And I and I like corn. No offense to you cornholers out there, you know? If you're watching this, don't call my boss. I, I'm sorry if I offended you. You cornhole, you know, playing son of guns. I, I enjoy your fine sport. Uh, but you can't compare the sport of professional bass fishing to cornhole in any way. Because I doubt that anybody's ever won uh, half a million dollars playing cornhole. You probably get like a bucket of beers and a pat on the back. I don't know. Maybe they do. Maybe they give away like $200,000. I, I apologize to the cornhole crowd out there because I didn't watch. I, I turned it off. I was so disappointed. I turned it off. Um Turned it slap off. So, you got to take the good with the bad, I guess. And uh, I felt like, you know, being followed up by cornhole kind of sucked. Kind of sucked. But big shout out to uh, all you cornhole players out there. I uh, hope you had a good weekend, too, while we were out there trying to catch bass to win 100 grand. I'm going to get blasted in the comments. People are going to be like, it's cornhole is life. I doubt it. But it would be funny. If I, if I have a cornhole hater association – that just starts commenting on low budget live. I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be really excited about that. All right, so I'm gonna to try to get our guest on the phone. His name is Buddy Gross. He has over six hundred thousand dollars in career earnings in a very short period of time. And the reason I know it's a very short period of time is he and I started at the exact same time professionally in 2016. And that was not that long ago. And my man has absolutely kicked teeth in. He is the real deal. The real deal. Um, our rookie year, call it, on the FLW Tour, he had a win. He had another win on the FLW Tour last year. He has won at every single level within that organization, BFL, Toyota, Costa, Everstart Series, whatever you want to call it. Uh, and then at the Tour level twice, and now he is fishing his rookie year on the Bassmaster Elite Series. And here we go again. He's won the second event they've been able to have this year. He finished 11th in the first one down at the St. John's River. He is on a roll. He is Buddy Gross. He is a great guy. And we are going to try. There's just one. Oh, he's got a, he's got a song. I hope this is approved. We're going to get demonetized. I, I don't know what's going on right now. I, we're going to get demonetized. Buddy, copyright violations. He's not answering. Buddy Gross is not answering the phone. Sorry. We're going to leave him a message. You leave your name and number, and I'll get back with you as soon as possible. Thank you. At the tone, please record your this message. This is great. When you finish this is low budget. you may hang up or press 1 for more options. Hey, buddy. It's Luke Duncan of Low Budget Live. We're leaving you a message to congratulate you on your victory. I'd like you follow, and we want to interview you, so call us back. <laughs> Ah, you can't make it up. Sometimes you can't make it up. All right, we're going to uh, 
I hope that song, dude, YouTube's weird with music. YouTube's weird with music. We're going to get thrown right off of YouTube because of Buddy's ringtone. I was trying to cut it, cut it back there. <laughs> that scared me to death. I was like, what am I playing? I've never heard that song before. So, Buddy Gross, ladies and gentlemen. I gave him a great intro. And now he stood us up. We talked last night. His hometown had a celebration for him last night. And he may have celebrated too much. I don't know. But uh, his hometown, it was really cool. Uh, we were texting, and, and he said they were having him a little little shindig yesterday. And they did. They lined the streets. It was, it was really cool to see. Um, he lives in a small community over around Chickamauga, Lake Chickamauga, and uh, really, really a bass fishing world over there. And Buddy got uh, – Buddy got uh, – Got celebrated last night, and that's that's good, man. That dude is uh, – he's going to be strong in the angler of the year situation. I mean, of course, obviously, goes without saying right now, but I think down the stretch you've got – he's a big fish dude. you got Lake Fork in there. He'll catch them there in the fall, I believe. Um, but, of course, going down the stretch, you got Chickamauga. Here, here he is right here, ladies and gentlemen. Buddy Gross is on the phone, ladies and gentlemen. Uh-oh. What's up, buddy? See, I thought it was a few minutes later than or earlier than it is, and I was actually on the mower, and I missed your call. I didn't mean to. I apologize. I just I was talking about cutting grass earlier. That's all. Like, okay, ladies and gentlemen, y'all need to understand this: bass fishermen aren't celebrities. They're like <laughs> Buddy Gross won a cool hundred grand. He's cutting grass on Monday morning. He won it two days ago, and his wife's already got him on the mower. So don't think you get out of it just because you're an elite series pro. No, absolutely not. She's cracking the whip around here, son. We come home to a hay field. Well, I, I'm going to tell my kids, listen, you don't have an excuse not to cut grass because Buddy Gross is one of the biggest tournaments in fishing, and he's cutting his grass two days later. So he ain't fishing. He ain't laid up on the couch. He's cutting grass. <laughs> well, no, there's no no rest for the weary. No, no, sir. No, sir. I, I like it, though. It's, uh, that I would expect nothing less out of you than to be cutting grass because you're a good guy. And you love your family, and you're gonna and you're gonna do that. Now, uh, I would ask how you're doing, but other than the grass cutting, I'd say you're doing pretty daggum good. I tell you, if I could lose me thirty pounds and be in a little better shape for all these young men I'm having fish against, I'd be better off. Y'all do got you a uh, y'all got you a crowd of youngins over there on the elite series right now. I will say that, they, and uh, I know how that is. I I'm 37, but I can tell you right now, I'm about. 30 pounds over where I want to be and uh I them old hot summer days are a little different <laughs> they are a lot different uh, on the water it, yeah it is it's, it was a it was a great tournament there's a bunch of good sticks over our son you just don't ever know what you're gonna get dealt with them guys no listen the weights absolutely especially the first day but all week all week were crazy but the first day I was like oh boy because just compared to you think about that Toyota the week before, which was basically a local tournament, 90-boat local yep. tournament, you look at it, a lot of the best locals on the lake, and you look at what happened in, in the elite deal the first day, you're like, holy crap. I mean, and, the, and they caught them in the Toyota, but, man, to see what those, those boys bring it, and you're talking about no information rule, you know, just show up and fish, you know, three days of practice, that's impressive to me. It was very impressive because whenever we were talking, everybody was sitting around, you know, before the tournament started. What's it going to take to get paid? I was like, 13 pounds a day. Boy, I missed that one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. 
I'm glad you were on the other end of that because I've been on the receiving end of thinking that it wasn't going to take as much, and it's not as much fun. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not at all when you go, oh, heck, man, 11 a day will get it, and it's like 16 pounds a day when, when you're somewhat. We were at the Potomac River on tour the last time we went there, and I'll never forget being in the meeting, and practice was t- terrible for me there, terrible. And I was rooming with Wesley, and Wesley goes, dude, it just ain't going to take much. We'd been talking. And David Dudley walked up to me at the meeting, and he's like, well, Bubba, are you catching them? And I'm like, not at all, really. I think this place sucks. He goes, oh, this is better than it's ever been. He goes, it's going to take 15 a day to get paid. I said, you're out of your freaking mind. And it took 15 a day to get paid. <laughs> they crushed them. Absolutely. You just never know. You, if you, you don't miss know. it, you miss it. You, that's right. So talk a little bit about your practice there. Did you – because cause you're a – dude, you're great on your, your hummingbirds. You're freaking – I mean, that's – I knew that about you before you ever made a cast at a professional level just through knowing you through Michael Neal and people, just how much time you've spent with those electronics. Did, was this a practice for you where you were 1,000% committed, you just rode around and looked for them, or did you try some of that shallow grass that we saw kind of play out a little bit too? What, talk about that a little bit. I was pretty much committed when I went to fish offshore. I didn't know exactly which way it was going to be. I had went down. That was my first you know, tournament there. I went down a couple of times to look at it, and both times I went, it was high, muddy, running, wind blowing 100. But I had been fortunate enough to mark a couple hundred brush piles, so I started running brush the first morning right off of that. And on purpose, you know, usually if you're going to fish offshore, you don't have to do a whole lot of fishing, but I needed to see what kind of quality was there, and I caught a couple over four in and, and, and a short time, and I said, that's it. So I put the rods up and started idling and found more brush, but I really wanted to find a, a school of fish. And, yeah. And I'm I'm a little bit embarrassed because I didn't find what these other guys found. So I think I was looking too far, maybe the in-between stuff, the 15 to 18 feet, was not where they were and that's where i figured they were going to be i think they were still in the creeks and i think they were farther out the ones that were on the river so i completely missed them uh i did find a little deal in practice a little bitty hump and it was deep it was like on top of it was 21 feet and the first cast i made was a seven pound strike or hybrid i guess is what it was and i thought dude that ain't all hybrids i mean i've looked at them enough to know they're all hybrids and I went back one day during the tournament, set the hook on one, and it was a giant. And when I lost that fish, the whole school disappeared. It was a, it was a large mouth, but it Holy was a good cow. one. Holy cow! And then I don't know, they just kind of disappeared on me. I went back the third day, and there was a wad of them there, and I couldn't get them to fire. And and after when I couldn't get them to fire, I just quit. I never went back. I just stayed in the brush and said, "Heck with it! I'm gonna have to do what it, well, you know, what got me to the third day." And I just kept running new brush every morning and hoping to find another special one. But I probably had five that were produced all week for me. Five five brush piles were specific brush piles were the ones that produced most of your weight. It would produce multiple fish during the tournament, and then every day I would find one new one that would get me a quality fish off of it. Unbelievable! It, it was, but there was like five of them that I would make sure and hit multiple times during the day every day, and the rest of the time I was running new brush every day. That that's amazing to me because I have brush pile fished a lot and and I know when you go to Ufala that's like it's the same it's people saying hey man go fish brush on Ufala it's the same as if somebody asks you hey buddy I'm coming to Gunnersville and you say oh man they're gonna be in the grass because <laughs> there's a lot of brush down there you know what I mean yeah. so it's amazing to me 
that just that's a testament to how good you are with your electronics. And was that a depth range thing for you when you're you're like okay, brush x x amount right here deep, or is that the the tight brush pile as far as like new versus old? Talk talk a little bit about that without you don't have to give away all the secrets on low budget live, but talk a little bit about what made those special because there are a lot of guys fishing brush that probably weighed in eleven pounds a day. You know what I mean? Well, I, did, I do, and I did figure out pretty quickly I, I noticed it a little bit in, in pre-practice that there was different kinds of brush mm. so you had to figure and, and that sounds crazy but there's there was cedar tree sunk there was hardwood sunk there was pots with cane in them and there was something I still don't know what it is but uh, I did notice that anything it was new and I think truthfully I really believe that that coastal band, or not the coastal but the series been there before we got there those locals, just like you said, that took and went out and put fresh brush out. Ah. So their leftover fresh brush, I probably found, you know, 15 piles of that fresh stuff. That was and some huge. of that, that was huge. And so that fresh stuff was producing multiples. That's, that's, I had one fresh pile, or actually two brush piles, I probably caught 10 a day off of sometimes. That's crazy. So finding out that the thicker ones was the new ones, they all, all had fish on them and I'm not going to tell you they were all giants but they all had fish and then the ones that were pots and I think was a lot of that uh, cane that was in it those didn't seem to produce for me at all so huh. I eliminated them if I if I didn't, went back and did it again I would know what kind of brush I was going to at every one but I didn't do that so I knew I had found 15 good cedar piles but I didn't know where they was out of the 500 that I had to fish Dang. so I had to kind of wade through them but it's another lesson learned because I've always fished brush at home a little bit, but it's always been hardwood brush, so I knew what it was. And, again, it was uh, – if I go back, I'm going to mark them differently when I figure out what they are. <laughs> and, see, that that's next-level stuff to me versus – because I mean, a lot of people sink brush, but like you're saying, you're, I mean, you're you're dialed on that. Um, and, and once you found them – because I, I I did not I fished a tournament on Saturday on a lake that didn't have any service uh, a little small lake with my with my twelve year old so we didn't get to see and I get back into the land of the living here and my phone starts blowing up my dad's like buddy caught almost twenty eight pounds my dad had been texting me all day he's like it's been <laughs> awesome I've been watching this he's wrecked him he's cracking these boys heads and uh, he's all fired up and uh, was it a bait thing though because I understand you throwing a throwing a jig some but. Did you have to change your bait rotation up, or was it something that you you caught a lot of them on a jig? Talk about that too, because when you're fishing the same pile, did you like to show them something different? It didn't matter if you found them in it, but I did throw a swim bait for the first day, and I I switched it up with a worm. I was throwing a ten inch worm okay. and a magnum trick worm, uh, old monster and a magnum trick worm. And and what happened, honest to goodness, I don't know why or how, but I made a cast of that old monster and it broke. And uh, I think I found out during the tournament I had a bad guide. But anyway, long story short, that worm broke off, so I picked up a jig and threw it. And when I threw that jig, bite. I threw it again, bite. I threw it again. I mean, like, it was like 10 bites to one Jeez. on that jig. So I was like, golly, bum, I've got to go that route. And once it started biting it, sorry, thank you. My neighbor's hollering at me. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. I love it. Uh, she, uh, but anyway, it was... It was just one of them deals. Once I figured out that they wanted it that much, and again, there's a lot of shellcracker beds around some of these brush, and then some of these shellcracker beds start having shellcracker show up. So it's kind of a no-brainer. Just throw a 
green pumpkin jig to kind of match right. the hatch that's around them. So. Yeah, I heard Zona talk about that on day three. I got to watch a little bit on ESPN, and he was talking about the, sh- the brim beds around the around the uh, brush. Now, obviously, you can see those on side imaging, right? And would that yes, sir. would that kind of perk you up a little bit too if you saw the mix? Like that was kind of the deal. It, it was, and then kind of I had marked, I had I had done that. Now I had marked them a special mark because every time I seen the shellcracker beds around them. I knew that if the shellcracker showed up, it would make a difference. So I did have all those marks. So once I figured that part out, I run a lot of them, but not all of them were starting to do their deal. It seemed like it was the ones that was closer to the bank huh. had a shellcracker coming to them. So that's, there's, I mean, I think some, I think everybody down there is part beaver. I mean, they have so much brush. <laughs> well, I remember but I fished a, an FLW. There's a co-angler that was ended up being a brush tournament. And I remember I was staying with Wesley, and I, I remember all the guys. This was the, when the rule got changed bec- that you couldn't be out after dark because Jacob Wheeler and Adrian Avena and several more, they were idling all night, truly, yeah. to find brush, you know. And there's more brush piles than guy drew the first day. There's more brush piles on that place than I've ever seen in my life, man. Every, that's why I'm saying – that's why I'm trying to convey to people is you don't understand, like, buddies, like, oh, I'm catching them in brush – this lake bottom is littered with brush. There's more brush on this place than anywhere you'll ever go. I'll tell you something funny. This is honest truth. I'm lying down. I was idling to my best, what I thought was my best brush pile. I'd stopped a little bit wide because I was trying to sneak up on some of these good ones that were getting a lot of pressure. I stayed. Of course, my 360 was key. I could actually make one cast and hit it every time. Oh, but yeah. I knew how far I was staying. I was staying 80 feet away from the ones that I knew were going to be pressured. Just trying to keep those fish from not thinking I was there. But I was, anyway, I was idling to it, and I see a little bitty one to the left. I was like, dang, I didn't know that thing was there. And I, I mean, it was like in between me and the one. So I just spun around. My first cast I made on it was a five-pounder. I mean, that, <laughs> That's so awesome. I mean, it, I mean, there's so much brush down there, dude. I mean, like, I, everybody in the tournament can be fishing brush, and I don't, I don't think we'd ever hit the same one if we didn't. No, there's so much of it down there. I, it, it was a cool tournament to see. Now, talk about, because you just about didn't have an opportunity to catch yeah. 28 pounds the last day, and I definitely want to talk about that just because you and I have known Shane for a long time. He's a great guy, and he made a, he made a simple mistake, but Shane LeHue brings in six fish, he ends up finishing 11th, and but you were in that 11th place spot. Y'all flip-flopped, and you yep. make the cut and come from behind. Biggest stringer of the week. Biggest stringer in two weeks, I'll say, because of the Toyota down there the week before. We got we all got to watch that, too. 28, but talk about the range of emotions of, man, I'm barely missing a cut, too. <laughs> then on Saturday, holding the trophy. Talk about that a little bit. Well, after after my first day's performance, I was like, man, I'm just glad to be this close. But no doubt. I was happy with that. Which are, don't get me wrong, I'm I'm a, I'm a gamer. I wanted to go, but I was happy with 11th. But I was so proud to get the first because of the, you know that mistake. But if I hadn't made some critical errors, and I didn't talk about this a whole lot on the first day, I'd have, I should have had a 26, seven, eight pound bag of first day. Unbelievable. I had uh, I had decided because I'm not in shape and I'm not a fast mover like these smaller guys, I was going to leave my life jacket on and just get up and down, plug it up, and leave the kill switch hooked to me. Boy, that was a mistake. Oh. I reeled it up. I reeled my lanyard up in my reel on a seven-pounder, and it was oh. jumping out there in front of me, and I'm locked up. Like, I can't even move my – I can't even let that rod go. It's attached to me at this point. Oh, gosh. 
So I just have to, I tried to muscle through it, and that was a mistake. I just made it worse. So I just let the fish swim while I, I swear it took two minutes to get it all undone. Unbelievable, man. I got That's... it all undone, reel up a slack, and the fish is still on there. So I get it all the slack reeled up, and I swear it is five feet from the boat when I get all the slack reeled up, and I pick up on a rod so I can get it up so I can grab it, and then the drag it back all the way off. And that son of a gun took off again, jumps, and gets off. Oh, it makes that makes my heart hurt. And it would have called a two pound, like a two thirty on the first day. I mean, I was like, oh yeah. Well, so that I was talking to to my buddy Darian about this this in particular because you had a sixteen pound first day, and I said, dude, if Buddy catches eighteen or twenty, I said, this is I mean, he just blows it out. You know, yeah. I mean, it, it's it's crazy how at this level of competition how consistent guys are at catching great stringers of fish because i'm looking at it right now 84 8 for four days what you have 83 9 candy bear 82 4 drew benton 79 78 77 that's a lot of freaking bass man that's a lot of bass that's a lot of that's bass a lot and of four bass. days chris aldane finishes 10th with 70 pounds for four days that's a lot of dang bass man so you got to be on your game and you stub your toe a little bit like 16 pound stringers are good stringer most places you go and you stub your toe just a little bit and then make up for it with 2711. That's just, it's so awesome to see. And I, I've known you for a long time now. And we've seen you've won at every level of FLW uh, from the BFLs to the tour. And now over here at Bass, I mean, dude, it's just, it's just awesome. Over 600 grand in winnings in just four years. I mean, what's, What's next on your goal list? I mean, you got to be got to be kind of <laughs> eyeing that AOY a little bit. I'm guessing this year. Oh Lord, I don't even try to think about that part. I want to make the classic. That's the goal, and just try to continue to fish strong. And what this does allow me, though, with the win, it gives me a little more opportunity to try to go see some of this stuff before it goes off limits. You know, but that's what nobody understands how expensive it is to travel, and especially now that the, the corona is around. It's not easy to find houses. People don't want to rent houses, and it's but anyway, it's going to limit. It's going to allow me to be able to do a little more concentrating on trying to get to the end result, and that is the classic for me. So, um, you know, over at FLW, it took me a couple of years to figure out how to be consistent. I could catch them and win one every now and then, but I didn't know how to get the points. I was so, going to say that you're a big, you're a big fish guy, a big stringer guy. I, I would yeah. say, and I think that that has to be from Chickamauga and Gunnersville. I mean, it takes a lot of weight in one day and two day deals on the Tennessee River all the time. And when it's a slug fest, like my money's on Buddy, always. Like I mean, truly, like if you know it's going to take a lot of weight, like you going to be around. You figure out how to catch great big ones. But I will say, like our rookie year, you had a rough year, and and then you smack one at Pickwick. You find some big ones and you win. And that's kind of that that it did. It took you a couple years, but then. We started all talking like, then you got consistent. <laughs> and then it got even scarier. It was like, oh, he figured out how to catch them everywhere. <laughs> and I think, that, man, it's, dude, your, your career is just bright and shining, man, for sure. I, I do appreciate that. My One of the highlights of my career, though, if you want to know the honest truth, was like a 18th, 19th, 20th, somewhere. I finished top 20 at 09 of last year, because I could never finish high up north. So, 
once I figured out a few smallmouth, man, I was like, oh, this is pretty good here. You're like, I, I, all right, I can do this. I can do this. <laughs> so talk a little bit about you, you left FLW this year. All the craziness happened. We all know. You don't even need to talk about But they got bought out and different things. And you qualified. Was But I've heard you mention the Classic. Is one of your main reasons that you wanted to go to Bass, the Classic, I'm guessing, like most fishermen. I mean, it's the biggest tournament in the world. Absolutely. I mean, it was it was never – the Opens, as you know, I just wanted to fish. I, I don't have a job when I come home. I'm not wealthy. I have to work. I mean, and, and I was fishing everything I could to try to make a living. If I'm going to fish – I mean, I'm all in, is what I'm trying to say. So yes. I, ju- I jumped in the Opens just to have a way to make some more money, and it's not a – I mean, the Opens and stuff isn't – great unless you're finishing high and then whenever i started you know having some good finishes and i seen that i could actually maybe qualify and rumors going around about flw then i got serious about it and i i truly mean this the lord just kept opening doors and i was blessed it was nothing that i really did planning it just happened that's that's it's awesome i was proud for you i remember texting you and uh and telling you congrats and and i mean i knew I just feel like their schedule suits you uh, really well. And now, of course, the schedule's changed. But I think, you know, you hang with it up north, and we get back to a little place called Chickamauga again a little later this year and a little different Chickamauga than what most people are going to expect, I think. Don't you? I do. It's <laughs> going gonna, gonna to fish really good and at, at, at a time. But if we have a dry summer, it's, everybody's going to love the lake. If we don't and we got to – start chasing bait on them bars in the fall it's going to be tough it'll be a whole lot less weight than what everybody expects yeah yeah a lot of people it, think it, chickamauga 30 pound stringers but in the fall sometimes that ain't the case yeah you'd be happy to see a 16 pound bag so that's right it, <laughs> they, they get real elusive that time of year but it's just because the baits are tight wadded up and creeks and all this stuff and they just they just move around where places that we don't i think it, we're just not looking and they get hard to catch They've seen not a lot of baits by October. Right. Not, <laughs> not the mention they've been beat on. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, how, how much has the fishing pressure increased there in the last, just say, two years, do you think? I mean, is it double what it used to be or triple? Yeah. Dude, you can't even find a parking place no more. It's, hey, on a weekday, it's like nobody works no more. Of course, with this all, everybody being off, it's really got uh, a lot of pressure. I mean, they were making it to where somebody had to leave where you could park at a lot of the boat ramps. I mean, it was bad. Unbelievable, man. Well, I can tell you on Pickwick, you know, and Wilson Wheeler right here close to home, it's the same way. And I think that fishing pressure has affected our fish for the first time. Because all our lakes get pounded. They do. They get pounded. But I, our tournament weights are down. And I think that – because that coast, it should have taken a lot more weights. You know, like I know. That time of year, uh, they were just getting out there. Um, you know, and there were some great stringers. You weighed in a great stringer. But – Still, we've not seen these big bags that we normally see. And you know, I, it, it, I think it's got to have a lot to do with the fishing pressure. It does. It surely does. I mean, it's it's one of those deals where we're going to just have to – <laughs> I traveled with one of the best guys i ever seen about fishing pressure, and that was Thrift, and he figured out how to do it under pressure. And, and I was actually fortunate enough to get to see that for a year. So my bait selections have changed – drastically and my boat weight has gone up because after you travel with thrift you feel like you gotta have everything listen i interviewed so. him on here this year and that man told me because he doesn't need live wells on major league fishing he's plugged them and he keeps yes. tackling his damn live that, wells <laughs> that is a fact he is God, he's crazy <laughs> he is crazy and then the guy knows all the boat. i mean if you can't i can't find a bait that he don't know about i promise you 
He is, man, people can say what they want to about any angler, but that guy, he does, from plastics to crankbaits to spinner, he knows what everything does, what part of the country they catch him on. I mean, he, he's incredible with that stuff, dude. Incredible with that. That's so funny to me. And I so can break funny. out a bait. I was like, I bet you ain't seen this one. And he had 15 of them. I mean, it was awful. I couldn't trick him hardly at all. Dude, Russell Cecil was telling me a story last year at Champlain that he got out some old spook and, like, Brian basically, like, Spider Man jumped over three boats to get to it and said, Hey, who you want for that? And he goes, What? Russell seems like digging through baits and goes, I need that. I, I want that. And Russell wouldn't tell me exactly what. And he said, uh, They don't make that one anymore. I need that one. What, I'll, get, I mean, I'll give you like $500 for it right now. <laughs> Russell goes, Brian, I'll give it to you. I don't ever use it. He goes, no, you don't understand what you got. <laughs> it's like kryptonite with Superman or something, man. He said he had a fit over it. I love those I stories. I don't know what it was because he broke it. He broke one of them on his dang gun fire pole at, uh, at uh, Cherokee. Oh, no. I bet you that's what it was. I ain't going to say No, that yeah. Bus, that's awesome. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, Cecil said he was just freaking out, and then he let him borrow it, and he caught something on. He goes, "No, seriously, what do you want for it, man?" That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, awesome, man. Well, dude, look, I I really appreciate you uh, giving me some time. I've seen everybody on the podcast circuit's got you booked up this week, and uh, you're gonna do a lot of interviews as as rightfully so as you should be doing. And uh, dude, I hope it just keeps getting better for you. I've always thought a lot of you, and. Uh, I will, I'm gonna say this. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get personal for two seconds here on the podcast because yeah. I got to. Everybody on this podcast, I talk about my mama. You were one of the guys when my mama was sick and was going through everything she was going through. That if I saw you anywhere or what, you, you'd always you and your family would always check on my mama and ask about my mama. And I just want to say publicly how much I appreciate that man because. Uh, it always meant something because you and I, we've always been been friends, been buddies, but we don't talk a lot, and, and that meant a lot, man. That meant, that meant a whole bunch to me always, so I just want to say I appreciate that very much, So, and uh, you, well, you got a good crew down there. Well, thank you, and uh, we just, we've been through it. I lost my dad, and you don't realize how much you need people asking about it until you've gone through it, I That's think. Exactly, so. I, I, I can tell you that for a fact. It means more than people ever realize, man. For sure. Just to know so, that people have lived the yeah. same thing you're living. Because it ain't but easy. The people, the, but the people having not lived it don't know don't really know the need to ask. Yeah. I mean, that's, I, that's, that's exactly right. That's a great point. That's sure. a great point, man. But I, I just want to say thank you, dude. And and uh I wish y'all the best of luck this year and hopefully you'll win so many tournaments you ain't gotta cut your own grass anymore. <laughs> <laughs> that's always the goal, yeah. I guess, but Sometimes I like cutting the grass. Built, we made the mistake throwing built in the middle of the hay field, so all I got is grass. I don't have trees. Like I work. I said, my dream was to be in the middle of a bunch of trees where you couldn't see it from the road, and I built in the middle of a field where you could see everything. So. Well, you're just going to have to win more tournaments and find you a lot with some trees then. <laughs> Start all over. That way you ain't got a daggum mow anymore because I hate cutting grass. Lordy Man, mercy. All right, buddy. I appreciate you, dude, and uh, good luck, and talk to you soon. All right, man. Thank you very Thank much you. for having me. Hey, you're welcome. Thank See you. Ya. Buddy Gross, a fine human being and a <laughs> – I, I can't describe how y'all, – y'all don't understand what you just heard, I think, for a lot of people. Like him breaking down that br- – like, dude, he's a phenom with that kind of stuff, and that is next level. Like it, there are so many different levels in fishing, and there are some of these guys that are so unbelievably ahead of the curve – 
and he's one of those guys. And and most guys at that upper echelon level are that way. But dude, he's just he's special. He's special, and he's going to keep on catching them. I promise you. You won't be the last you hear of Buddy Gross. And and I'm not just saying chicken mock. Like dude, he will be. He's going to make noise. He's going to make noise. And I, I'm really really proud that he gave us uh, some time from cutting grass, which that's that's awesome. I loved everything about that. Um, got the Bassmaster Open this week. Good luck to those guys out there. You got a lot of guys uh, trying to make the Elite Series. Got a lot of guys putting it on the line. You got uh, guys that left the FLW circuit to go over there. Got a lot of new guys trying to make it. A lot of guys have been trying to make it for a long time. So good luck to everybody out there on the uh, flooded Arkansas River. Looking like it's going to be a tough tournament. But I've uh, been keeping up on social media already with some of the practices that guys are having, and, and uh, that'll kick off Thursday. Got some names from the MLFLW over there fishing. Jacob Prosnick, Greg Hackney, the real Jason Christie uh, over there fishing that division this week. Um, so a lot of guys, a lot of heavy, heavy, heavy hitters. Ding, there you go. Heavy hitters got it in there for you. A uh, lot, of, lot of big uh, – Big names in this thing, Scott Martin and Todd Castledines and Bradley Holmans, Andrew Upshaw, Brian Latimer's, a lot of, lot of names, and, and uh, I think this one's going to be interesting. I looked at the roster, and, and uh, it's going to be going to be a tough, tough event uh, competition-wise and field of play-wise. So good luck to everybody with that, and hopefully we can have the winner on next week. It'll be fun. Uh, I was going to get Jordan Lee on, and Jordan hates cell phones worse then uh, I hate cutting grass. So uh, that is a 1,000% fact right here, right here. So hopefully we'll get up with Joe Lee here pretty soon. But uh, thank you all so much for listening. We've got Boats and Pros this week. Going to drop that on Thursday with Carl Jockerson. Might even do a premiere, watch it with you guys. But I really, really, really appreciate everything, guys, and y'all watching. Um, be sure to hug your daddy this week. Always hug your mama. Going to take you out with my song, Biloxi Blues here on Low Budget Live. And thank y'all. Just thank y'all for listening. Make sure you're subscribed. Make sure you are subscribed. There'll be a link at the end of this. I'll do a cute little, hey, click right here. But watch the past episodes. Hey, I put a fly fishing video up too, by the way. Me and my kid, Weston, my my boy. And uh, nobody liked it. It got like 400 views. Go watch that video. It was fun. It's funny. It's fun. Go watch that video. It's the last, it's the last video. But uh, thank y'all so much. I really appreciate y'all. And I will see you next week. I never could make it last. Spanish moss, a Civil War ghost. Well, I'm going to leave them in the past. Any direction, Lord, I'll be fine. It don't matter east or west. North, south, wherever the wind blows, I'm leaving those burdens at rest. This highway, it does not know my name, and I don't care, no, I don't care. Heading my way for another place, and I got three good tires and a spare. Just a white line gypsy getting out of Mississippi with just enough gas to get there. Hey, hey. A 
life that has the stories to back it. A life to be proud of. It's a Winchester life. Yeah, baby. 6-8 Western. Oh, I'm the old there, baby. Right there. Tune in every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. When you go out there and the fish are where you think they are, any one of these casts could be the bite. It's the most exciting fishing that I know right here at Hawks Cave. Oh, that's awesome. Experience the best saltwater fishing the world has to offer. Don't miss Thursdays with Saltwater Experience. Brought to you by Golden Boat Lifts. Every Thursday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. The destination for outdoor entertainment.